Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here with you again today, and this is the Psychology Report. Today I'd like to take a look at a um, critical issue with our young people, particularly those that enter into the criminal justice system during their adolescent years. The issue I'd like to address today is sometimes referred to as restorative justice. Now, I'll take a look at that in just a minute, but first of all, I'm going to introduce you after a while to an organization known as SAT7. SAT7 is a television programming into the area of the Middle East and North Africa and reaching children by television, providing schools, activities, school lessons, school learning for them, even those that are in the refugee camps. So let's take a look at SAT7 here at the end of the program because it's an organization that you need to know about and you may want to find out more. Now, restorative justice. Let's take a look at that. It's a concept that has been introduced by the Mennonite community, and they've used it considerably within the Mennonite community, and now are advocating its use for youth as they come in contact with the criminal justice system. It's an alternative to court proceedings. It's, alter it's an alternative to severe punishment in the form of uh, a jail term or whatever. It's, it's, an, it's an alternative to the harsh realities of prison and jail and courts and uh, these kinds of proceedings. You know, when a young person, and I'll stay with the young people because it's, it's also applicable to adults, but when a young person commits some type of a crime, let's just say that it's a minor crime, but it's the beginning of a crime wave in the child's life, it's the beginning of the way the child lives, that he's going to live with a way that crime is going to be part of his life in the future. And it starts somewhere. And it often starts at age 12, by the way. can be before that, but not usually. It's usually at 12 to 14 is where these things start. And by the way, that's the age when these young kids get in drugs, too. And there's a parallel between drug use at age 12 to 14 and starting of a crime life during age 12 to 14. So this is a critical time in a child's life. And if you have a child in that age group, you have a major task to monitor that kid's behavior, to be on top of it, to be available, and to be all part of that child's life in every way possible you can. Because you want to make sure that your child, 12 to 14, does not get involved in a life of drugs and in a life of crime. That's the high probability inappropriate behavior that takes place today in our culture, on the school property and in the community. But anyway, let's go back to restorative justice. If a child commits some type of a crime, the usual procedure, of course, is to call the police and the police arrest him and the police take him down to juvenile hall and then... He's re retained there for a period of time, and then a court proceeding is held to determine what to do with him. And obviously, the overriding interest is to how can this kid be handled in such a way that that kind of behavior doesn't happen again in the future. Criminal behavior is no more. But unfortunately, our criminal justice system for youth is not very effective. And youth reoffend at enormously high levels. So it's not a very effective system. Just to send a kid to juvenile hall and put him in, in the juvenile jail for 
a matter of three weeks or three months is usually not going to help very much. Because it doesn't do very much there. He may do a little bit of schooling, but as far as reorganizing his life, reorganizing his value system, reorganizing his attitudes, reorganizing his behavior patterns, it doesn't happen. And that's what it requires. To appreciate what they had done wrong, yeah, it may happen a little bit, but not very much. To reconcile with the person he's offended, yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in Jerome Hall. That's the reason for restorative justice. It's a way for some type of for for some juvenile who has committed a crime to number one have a place to go with counsel and with a counselor and with his parents and with the victim acknowledge what he had done wrong. Okay, that's the start of it. What has he done wrong? To acknowledge that. Okay? And then number two, to learn, to listen to the victim and to learn the impact of his inappropriate behavior, of his criminal behavior. See, it's not only to learn what he's done wrong and why that was wrong, but what impact did that wrong behavior have on another person and not on that person's family and on that person's extended friendships? How did it impact that particular person that was offended? So it's this is what restorative justice is all about. It's a place to go to learn what was done wrong, why it was wrong, and what impact that had upon the victim. And then, it's an opportunity, it's a place, it's an opportunity to make amends, to get forgiveness, to seek forgiveness, to understand forgiveness, understand why forgiveness is important, to understand how one forgives, and the value of forgiveness. But this whole thing of forgiveness then can be talked about so that everybody learns more about making amends and making and having forgiveness. Amends is making it right. Sometimes you have to repay. Sometimes you have to pay for something that was broken. Sometimes you have to get something and, re, and give it back to a person that you've taken. There's lots of ways to make amends. I remember the guy that one time made amends because he had stolen bushes from a nursery, from a uh, from a nursery, and when he took those home and used them in his house, it was many years later that he became convicted, and he wanted to make amends, and he went out and bought a whole bunch of bushes, twice as many as he had taken, and he took them to that nursery and gave them back. Didn't give back the three or four that he took, he gave back six or eight of them to make sure that he had settled the deal between them. That's what's making amends is all about. And then, learning how to take corrective action. To live a life of correction. To live a life, and that's what correctional is all about when you talk about the correctional system. It's supposed to correct behavior. But restorative justice then ends with the idea of correcting behavior, changing behavior, getting a new behavior pattern in place, and living that way, and then monitoring it to make sure that it stabilizes and that it continues on on into the future, not just a promise, but that it actually takes place. So there's periodic times of checkup and reevaluation and to uh, assess how well it's going so that the amends are not only made, 
but the corrective action is not only taken and undertaken, but it stabilizes and becomes part of the lifestyle of that individual. So that's restorative, act, uh, restorative justice. And educators, if they use that in the school, they have another means by which to help children, help their students come to terms with inappropriate behavior, correct behavior, and correct their lifestyle. It helps the juvenile court system look at a child's inappropriate behavior differently. And not just look at it in terms of how many days in jail or how many months in jail or that kind of thing, but how to get from the act of a crime to the act of a correctional behavioral pattern, a corrected behavior pattern. How to go through that process of bringing about correction. How to go through that process about bringing about forgiveness. How to go through the process about bringing about restored relationships. And that everybody can win. The victim wins and the perpetrator wins. That's what restorative justice is all about. So if you have a kid and your kid gets in trouble, opt for restorative justice. Ask if you can participate in a restorative justice program in your community or in your court system. It's generally available. Now, let me go back to SAT 7. I refer you to their website. SAT 7 is www.sat7usa.org and then slash kids. This is a satellite television programming into the Middle East and into North Africa. And it brings about a Christian uh, broadcasting programming, academic school programming, socialization programming to these young children who are living in that part of the world, many of which are living in refugee camps. And these are the refugee camps that have televisions on their tents and on their sheds. And the child and their family watches that television all day long, learning and being educated and being advanced in their own social world and making changes in their life so that they can start to live more independently and more effectively as they move on into the next generation. So I recommend to you SAT7, www.sat7usa.org. Check it out. You may want to send them a few bucks. They're doing a great work in the Middle East and North Africa with the refugee kids and those that live in these countries of Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, Egypt and uh, Palestine and uh, Libya and all these various countries. So, um, take a look. Eh? Check out their website. And nice to be with you. And don't forget to check out my website, booksbyhedberg.com, booksbyhedberg.com. In there I talk about, in my book, Doctor Teach Me to Parent, I talk about ways in which parents can help children get out of a life of crime, avoid a life of crime. So check out the book, booksbyhedberg.com. Bye for now.